Oh, baby, baby. Good evening, folks. It is September 29th, 2020, and this is the first episode of the Notorious Essay Podcast. Who's Notorious Essay? Well, Notorious, as you probably heard from the opening effects, could be Notorious B.I.G. or Notorious R.B.G. R.I.P. to both of the. But on Notorious Essay, also known as Steve Anderson, a.k.a. Mr. Anderson, a.k.a. The Matrix Joke That Never Seems to Die. This is my podcast. I don't really have a set agenda. I don't really have anything in particular that I particularly want to talk about today. This is mostly just for me to sort of work the kinks out. But if you are listening to this, welcome to the first episode. It's not professionally done. I'm just a guy in my chair, in my desk my cats sitting by my side talking to myself out loud into a computer but it's not really talking to myself because it's a podcast so excellent job for me in case you're wondering a little bit about myself um, as I mentioned before Steve Anderson I am currently unemployed as I was just working for the 2020 census and they let us go and I'm going to make a whole episode about that at some point but just just so in case you have an idea if you haven't done it one, do your census. Two, the census is super messed up this year thanks to the Trump administration, and it's got to have ripple effects for decades, but um, we don't really have time for that right now. What I do want to talk about is something different. Um, on my Twitter, which you can follow me at Sutibu Anasun, um, it's Steve Anderson in Japanese, and I'll have a link for it probably in the description of this podcast or in the video version in YouTube if you ever want to follow me on Twitter. I might occasionally tweet something interesting, so it's worth checking out once in a while. But I asked on Twitter, and all two people who responded to the poll, um, when I asked about what would you rather hear about, um, the SCOTUS nomination process or the 1619 Project, um, all with all two votes coming in after two days, so thanks for everybody who participated. Uh, the 1619 project was the winner at 100%, so that's what I want to talk about. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on about the, the SCOTUS nomination, the judges, ACB, RBG, all of that, and I'm sure I could talk about that at some other point, but right now I kind of want to talk about something different. If you don't know my background, I'm a political person by nature. I'm also sort of a history buff. I did take advanced placement history classes in high school. Um, I I won a department award in social studies, and uh, my background is in political science, but there is an extensive history background with that as well. Big fan of American history. Big fan of, you know, the American Revolution, 1776, all that jazz, the Declaration of Independence. In fact, I've got it framed on my wall about four feet away from me. I look at it every day. It's a document that really inspires me, right? It's a document that really sets a testament for what it means to believe in self-government and what it means to believe in, you know, the people and their respective agendas with 
the bodies that govern them. In case you haven't heard or not sure where this is going, um, what I'm referencing in the start of the project, the podcast, I should say, is what is called the 1619 Project. So if you're unfamiliar with the 1619 Project, uh, let me give you a little bit of a breakdown. And if you, and I will say just right off the bat, um, if you're not familiar with it, I would go ahead and just check it out yourself. Um, you can find it on the New York Times Magazine website, or if you um, want a TLDR version, you can always just check out Wikipedia as well. Um, but essentially, the 1619 Project is an ongoing project developed by the New York Times Magazine, which was released last year, 2019, which, quote, aims to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black Americans at the very center of the United States national narrative. Um, and just so FYI, uh, what I'm reading is just the Wikipedia version of it, just because it's the first thing that came up when I Googled. The project was timed for the 400th anniversary of the arrival of the first enslaved Africans in Virginia Colony in 1619, and suggests that this date represents the nation's birth year. It is an interactive project directed by Nicole Hannah-Jones, a reporter for the New York Times, with contributions by the newspaper's writers, including essays on the history of different aspects of contemporary American life, which the authors believe have, quote, roots in slavery and its aftermath, end quote. It also includes poems, short fiction, and a photo essay. It was originally conceived as a special issue for August 20th, 2019, but it was soon turned into a full-fledged project, including a special broadseat section of the newspaper, live events, and a multi-episode podcast series. So that's the basic Wikipedia definition version of it. So uh, essentially what it is, is if you haven't read it, again, please do, because I would like you to engage in all media that... Um, really anybody talks about it so you can get it for yourself but the 1619 project is essentially a project about how according to these particular um, writers um, Nicole Hannah-Jones in particular um, essentially is talking about the year 1619 as being the founding of America and in terms of discussing what it means for America to talk about, you know, the history that really isn't brought up as much as it should be, you know, in terms of like stories that weren't told, particularly of, you know, minorities and people of color who have been part of this nation since the start, but not really given the credit that they deserve. I'm all for talking about this. I'm all for exploring it. I'm all for going into deep dives on stories that haven't been told before because, you know, most of us will get a very, very generic picture of American history, what they learn from your very likely K through 12 education. You know, you might take some of it in college. Some of you might take more advanced classes. Some of you might just be fans of it on your own. But the vast majority of Americans probably don't learn enough about the history. And it can get very complex and it can get very, you know, in the weeds and Maybe not everybody has time for it, but I would highly recommend that people just, you know, take a minute to learn the country's history because it, it's important, right? And you don't have to learn the quote-unquote whitewash version of it and be accepting. You can read all different sorts of perspectives on it, whether it's Michael Medved or Howard Zinn or just any kind of history textbook you may have laying around. It's good to get as many uh, versions and perspective on it as possible. So... 
the basic premise of the 1619 project, which um, from what I understand is to basically say that there are certain aspects of American history that have not been discussed. And what we're trying to do is basically bring this into fruition. We're trying to bring the stories that people aren't talking about into the mainstream. And I would say as a general principle, this is a good thing, right? It essentially means that, as I've said before, we're just trying to uh, explore new areas that have not been covered before. But in case you um, haven't heard, right, there has been some criticism of the 1619 Project. And I will say just before I uh, go on further in terms of the actual work, the writing is good. I don't necessarily agree with the specific points that are being made and that will be addressed a little bit later on, but you know, they're interesting stories to read and I definitely think it's worth it's always worth a conversation to talk about, you know, what is the effect of slavery in America? And obviously we're still dealing with the effects of it and racial discrimination, you know, to this day in 2020. So Clearly, the conversation is there to be had. But if you haven't heard this Pulitzer Prize winning, I should say, um, piece of journalism, also has a curriculum that was sent out for schools, which is supposed to help give some of the kids, you know, a different, more version of history. Essentially, what the 1619 Project is talking about, but made for kids. Now, there hasn't been there has been a lot of praise for it but there also has been some criticism right because in terms of its actual history um, that has been the subject of discussion um, so after it came out right in December of 2019 um, there were five American historians so the names are uh, Sean Wilmtez, James McPherson Gordon Wood Victoria Bynum and James Oakes. Um, my apologies if I butcher any of those names. Uh, they sent a letter to the Times expressing objections to the framing of the project and accused the authors of displacement of historical understanding by ideology. The letter disputed the claim made in the Hannah Jones introductory essay in the 1619 Project that one of the primary reasons the colonists decided to declare their independence from Britain was because they wanted to protect the institution of slavery. So that is one of the central tenets that's discussed in this that um, a lot of people disagree with. So um, the 1619 Project, while it is talking about history, does make certain claims that um, I believe to be historically inaccurate and uh, many other people as well. So uh, the one being that, as I mentioned before, the idea that America was actually founded in, in 1619 as opposed to 1776. Um, and this particular notion that independence was declared because they wanted to protect the institution of slavery. So for anybody who's read the, um, as I mentioned, dec as the aforementioned Declaration of Independence uh, will tell you is that um, there were in fact lots of reasons to, that the United States wanted to um, leave the Kingdom of Great Britain and the Declaration of Independence, but slavery was not one of them, right? To say that slavery didn't exist and that it wasn't a factor in in some in many places, you know, would be incorrect. Because uh, both on the American colonist and the British side, um, they did attempt to recruit uh, free black people and um, 
slaves who had been recently freed, and if they promised to fight, uh, they would be promised freedom. Both sides actually kind of reneged on that idea, but you know, to say that the American colonists were the ones who were leading to protect slavery um, is not, in fact, an accurate um, statement to make, in my opinion. Right? You can say slavery existed, right, and you could say that our founding fathers had to deal with it. And that they made compromises that brought slavery into the Constitution that we are still dealing with, but to say that it's a primary reason that they wanted their independence from Britain is just—it's just not correct. Right? It's just not what the issue was, right? And you could read in the Constitution right after you get to the past the you know the the course of human events, the truths to be self-evident. Um, essentially, what they're talking about when they decided to um, separate from Great Britain is there's a whole laundry list of demands—well, not demands—criticisms of the king, the king of Great Britain, and none of them mention that he's trying to stop slavery. They mention that he has refused to assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has for forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance. He has refused to pass, refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless they relinquish the right of representation. He has called for the legislative bodies of places that are unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records, and it goes on to have several criticisms. So, essentially, if you haven't gotten the gist, right? America declared independence because they did not want to be subject to the authority of the king. Right, because the king's ruling was essentially, you know, ruling by fiat, and the old saying, "No taxation without representation." Right, they were being taxed without really having a voice in what was going on, and the fact that they were so far away across the ocean from uh, the king and his, uh, you know, country that they have all their troops in. Made it necessarily not that necessarily easy to solve, and obviously there was a troops were sent. There was a there was a war that happened. Uh, you can check out the wonderful musical Hamilton, or pick up a book and learn about the American Revolution. You can learn about all this stuff, but what you won't learn about is the fact that the United States left Great Britain to protect slavery because that's not what happened. And unfortunately, you know, this is not the only criticism of the book.、Um, what really concerns me is that first part where they were talking about the foundation of America being different than what it actually is, right? Because as we mentioned, as we all know, the year 1776, the year of the Declaration of Independence, is the formal declaration of separation between. The colonies of America, and what would become the United States of America, right? To say that 1619, you know, over a hundred years before this event happened, is the actual founding of America, is not accurate, right? And unfortunately, it's not even the first year that African slaves were actually brought. To what is now the continental United States, that was actually 1526, right? They were brought by、uh, Spain in a expedition, and they all broke away and disappeared and tried to leave. But 
1619 Project is claiming that 1619 is the first year that African slaves were brought to the United States. So as a matter of just the historical record and what we understand of when things came, it's not correct, right? And it's not a criticism of, you know, their views. It's just a matter of saying that if you're going to say that this is the year that the first that first happened, or this is the first time that, you know, slaves came and then became cemented as part of this continent, that's one thing. But to say that this is the year America starts, in my mind, is incorrect. And it wouldn't be so bad if they just said, you know what, which they have, which is, you know, this is our view, we stand by this, we do all this stuff. But something interesting has happened, right? There's been a lot of backlash in regards to um, this particular curriculum, I guess you want to call it. Uh, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, is less than happy with it. He um, has called for a commission to help explain history, and he's called to have this essentially be stopped from being taught, which the federal government can't do. But the idea behind it is that if the federal government is against it, it's not good, right? The federal government can't censor these programs, but essentially what they're arguing is that the 1619 Project is historically inaccurate, which unfortunately is true. The bigger concern that I have in regards to the 1619 Project, as I mentioned before, is that founding principle that they were stating, that 1619 uh, and not 1776 was the true founding. So... It has come to my attention, and I realize this is not on the Wikipedia page, so this is going to probably have to be entered, but um, as of September 18th, right, the project's lead creator, Nicole Hannah-Jones, was on CNN talking about how people were misrepresenting, quote-unquote, the project she was leading as an inaccurate day for when the uh, founding of the country took place. Now, you can imagine the shock, which after saying for months that she literally meant that the 1619 Project was when the founding was and not 1776, you'd be surprised to hear that she said that, that on CNN that the 1619 Project does not argue that 1776 was not the founding of the country. But what it does argue for is that we have largely treated slavery as an asterisk of, Amer of the American story. Right? So here's the thing is that for the since this project has come out up until September 18th, it has been the argument that 1619 is in fact the true founding of the United States. As in, this is when America as we know it began, right? And now all of a sudden they're saying it's not, right? Which is weird because if you've been making this whole argument this whole time, like why would you suddenly backtrack on it? But that's not where the story ends, right? Hannah Jones herself um, deleted almost all of her Twitter history in regards to using that specific phrase, true founding, right? Now, as of right now, she still has a graphic on her Twitter feed that shows July 4, 1776 and August 20th, 1916 drawn in. But many of the tweets arguing that this was the true founding um, have been removed. And furthermore, this is where the real controversy comes in. The New York Times itself, the paper of record, with no explanation or clarification, has retroactively edited its own Pulitzer Prize winning work.
removing the true founding language. So, mind you, there's no press coverage of this. There's nothing from the New York Times explaining why this happened. They just changed it, right? And so, if you're someone like me and these other historians who have been talking about how you have concerns about the 1619 Project being historically inaccurate and not necessarily painting the whole picture, right? You would be concerned that they just changed this, right? That they just straight up changed the writing that they said, right? And since this has happened, people have questioned Nicole Hannah-Jones on Twitter, myself included, and have basically brought up the fact that what you're saying now, and now she's arguing that she never actually said that or meant that, um, isn't what they meant, even though that's exactly what they said. And she keeps saying that there's certain print editions that have different sayings, but even the original print edition contains passages about America beginning in some way, shape, or form in 1619, right? Now, all of a sudden, the tweets are gone, the digital story is edited, and new prints are probably going to go out that has a different version of this. But they're essentially saying they never made a claim that they did. Right, And not just once or twice, but repeatedly as the basic foundation of what this project is about. They've decided to backtrack on it. And when questioned about it, essentially all Nicole Hannah-Jones has done is basically just attack her critics. She said that, you know, either she was taken out of context or the wording is different from where it is. Or if they have criticized her is that, you know, long story short is that they're racist or they're anti-black racist or they're intentionally trying to silence her version of the story none of which is true right in this day and age no one's trying to silence the 1619 project they're just concerned that this is something that you're trying to give to schools as a guide for children about our hist- about our history and the historical narrative of the united states and it's not accurate right it very much is ideology dressed up as historical fan fiction. And that's not, again, not to say that slavery didn't happen. It did, and it's bad, right? And that America hasn't treated as well as it should or brought up as much as it should. That's still true to this day. What we are saying is that the 1619 Project claims are really trying to change the entire narrative of what America is. And frankly, it's not just because, at least and this is my opinion, it's not just because they wanted to basically create some sort of buzz about their project and how and how different and edgy it was, right? It was about trying to undermine a fundamental principle that they see as a problem, right? If they can change the idea of America existing before America when it was just a colony that was bringing in slaves, their goal is to frame America as forever in the shadow of that moment. Now, unfortunately, that's just not the case. <laughs>